All right, Brain. You don't like me, and I don't like you. But let's just do this, and I can get back to killing you with beer. You are now tuned into the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. Cast. This place is an untapped resource. With your host, Flex and Bliss. You must think I'm pretty stupid. I'm dangerous. I'm very, very dangerous. And Charlie Chase. You're very good, you. You're goddamn right he is. For the everyday fantasy sports player. You just blew my mind. Now, I am going to teach some kids a lesson. They're a bunch of f***ing amateurs. And now, on with the show, Party People. Party people. What's up, party people? Yes, 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 yes. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. It is your man, 50 Grand Flex Hit List. And once again, another show, just me. Just me, myself, and I, and we're just you. Now, it is, um, I'm sure it's going to be up in the air to see if you're happy that I'm back, that I've returned back from my vacation in Ecuador. Maybe you're happy about that, maybe you're not. Maybe you liked it better when I was gone. It's fine. I could take a joke really well. And criticism. Or, you know, maybe you're excited to hear me that I'm back. And uh, you're happy to see me back. Even though, uh, shout out to Jeff, who was in my absence while I was gone. I really appreciate you filling in for me, brother. But for those of you that don't like the fact that I'm back. And now I get to hear another show with just me again. As once again, I'll let you know when these shows are recorded about just me. It is just some scheduling conflicts or something comes up where... Charlie, my partner, cannot make it, and these mornings, especially with these morning shows, it happens sometimes, things happen to everybody, and I do not go to Gotham Podcast Studios, I record this from home, and uh, once again, as you know, if the audio is very different, it's because I'm recording this from home, I am not recording this at our beloved Gotham Podcast Studios, once again, shout out to everybody over there that helps us out to make this podcast what it is, so yeah, once again, I'm recording this at home, and you may like it that... It's another episode of Just Me. And you may not like it. And if you do like it, then thank you for that. And if you don't like it, well, I don't know what to tell you. It's going to be an episode of Just Me today. I was in Ecuador last week with my wife. I had a fantastic time. Her entire family was nothing more than just so hospitable. Uh, everything was great. You know, of course, it's a different experience. What, what was different for me was the amount of seafood I had to eat. Now, for those of, you who are, those of you who are Ecuadorian, know that you love your ceviche and your encebollado and all this and that, which I found that are two different things. I didn't know that. They looked exactly the same to me, but then I find out that they're different. Um, but for those guys, those of you that don't know me, or even if you do know me, didn't notice about me, because especially people think, you know, because I'm Hispanic. And me being from New York, I'm automatically labeled as a Puerto Rican. And I mean, I'm, I'm kind of dark-skinned, so then people a lot of times label me as a Dominican. But I always say that, you know, people just think I'm Puerto Rican just because I'm from New York. You know, if I was in Miami, you would assume I'm Cuban. If I was in L.A., you would assume I'm Mexican. Geographically labeled like that. But no, I am uh, mixed. I am uh, Colombian, Italian, Argentinian. But I was raised by my Argentinian grandmother. So when it comes to me being Latin, now I feel like I'm very much more Americanized in a sense because I, 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 I grew up in Woodside, Queens. I'm very much a Woodsider. You know, I'm 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 really like I'm the Woodside kind of guy, and um, but when it comes to my Latin side and my Latin influences, it came from my grandmother, who my grandmother to me raised me since I was a little kid and has done been everything for me, has taken care of me my entire life, and 
she, you know, she's from Argentina. Even my entire Colombian family, I believe, lives in Argentina. I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't even have any more family in Colombia. But the point is, is that we're very, very Europeanized. We have a lot of, we're very influenced by Italians in Argentina. Now, it just happens that my Argentinian mother met my Italian father. It's just a coincidence because they were both also born in New York. But I'm not influencing what people, especially here in New York or I guess in America or wherever in general, typically think when they think of a Latino. You know, I don't, I, I hate beans. I can't stand beans. I have no tolerance for spicy food whatsoever. Now, I don't that doesn't mean that, you know, like only Latinos have tolerance for spicy food. Of course, that doesn't mean that. I'm just saying, but you know, you think Latino, you think you would eat some spicy food. No, I, can't, I don't. I can't dance. I am an awful awful dancer especially when it comes to spanish music like salsa and bachata my wife hates that it's funny because my wife always says that i'm like the whitest guy she's ever dated i'm like well you ended up marrying the whitest guy you ever dated so what does that say but <laughs> but yeah I, I and i don't i don't like fish i don't like fish in general like i like um shrimps and, and oysters and stuff like that but like when it comes to like fish, fish like a tilapia or a salmon or bass or anything, like that, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And in Ecuador, all they eat is fish. They eat so much fish, and you know, and a lot of like beans. And they like avocados, and I don't like avocados. Like I said, I'm not your typical what you would expect, like Latino. You know, like like I speak Spanish, I read Spanish, I write Spanish, but that's as, almost as, and I look Spanish, and that's as far as it goes. But um, for the most part, with me, and I and I eat so much fish, and it just really I, my stomach's not used to that. Because even in Argentina, we don't eat beans, we don't listen to salsa music, we don't you know eat spicy foods. We eat a lot of steak, which are, of course Argentinian steak is just the best. We eat a lot of steak, and we eat a lot of pastas. Of course, the empanadas, which to me also I really gotta say that I think believe the Argentinian empanadas are the best. Everybody has their own preference, of course, and my preference is the Argentinian empanadas. And anybody who's ever eaten. One of my grandmother's homemade empanadas would agree with that because they are just fantastic. They're like the best thing she does. Um, so yeah, so it was just a lot of seafood for me. My stomach wasn't used to it. I wasn't accustomed to it. I, my stomach got a little bit upset on the trip because like, they eat ceviche for breakfast. I couldn't do that. I mean, I tried it. Of course, I'm being, you know, I, I wanted to be respectful. I was invited into somebody else's home. And, you know, and it's just like every day I had a plate where fish was involved or some sort of seafood was involved and I couldn't take it. It it just messed my stomach up. I'm not used to that. I'm not accustomed to that. I don't even like that much seafood as it is. It's like, it's like anybody else. If you don't drink and you're not a drinker and you're not used to drinking so much, if you drink every day, your stomach is going to get messed up. And that's exactly what happened to me. But besides all that, I mean, that, that that's the only thing I would just have to say that was difficult for me when it came to the trip. Everything else was fantastic. Her cousins were amazing. Her family is amazing. She hasn't been to the country in 12 years. So, of course, the trip was a lot about visiting her family. And it was just, it was such a pleasure to see her reconnect with her family, who she's very family-orientated, my wife. And... um to, to see everybody reconnect like that was just fantastic. And we did a, we was great, which is also, we did this hike. Uh, if you were following uh, us on Instagram, which as always you can at BFB podcast on Instagram and on Twitter at podcast BFB. If you're following us, you'll see, um, that I went through this hike in like the jungle and wearing my BFB shirts out there, repping BFB hard. And my wife was wearing her BFB shirt representing as well. 
And it was just awesome. We went to like seven different waterfalls. And it, the hike was kind of intense. It was pretty intense. It was like almost like real rainforesty type stuff. And that was a really, really, really fun part of the week. And it was just it was just great. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed everything about it. And um, I'm very excited to go to go back soon. But I am excited to be back here, to be back once again. And what was funny is that it was another week out there. When I was out there that Sunday, I ended up winning every single one of my fantasy football leagues. I won all my fantasy basketball leagues as well. I'm a basketball coach. My kids, my team had, shout out to my boy John Riley, holding it down while I was away, had th- three games. In the first two games, they won. So I'm thinking, and a shout out to Kento, who got his first win in a league. He's having a bad year. It happens to all of us every now and then. He's having a bad year. That just means next year they'll have a good year. But he got a win also. So all my five fantasy football leagues, I've won. I won all my fantasy basketball leagues. My kids won their first two basketball games. And Kento got his first win. I'm like, damn, I got to stay here, out here in Ecuador. Because, uh, you know, luck's going in my favor when I'm out there, it appears. And then uh, my kids ended up losing on a Thursday night game, which is weird. I don't, I'm all my years of coaching. I'm going to be 33 years old in a few weeks. On uh, the 22nd of November, I turned 33. And I've been coaching since I was 18 years old. And I don't think I've ever had a Thursday night game that I had to coach. But nonetheless, we had it. And we lost, unfortunately. So when I asked Johnny and he told me, that, you know, if we won or lost, and he said we lost, you can now come back to the country. You, 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 should, you should clear customs right now. Like, and I'll be allowed to come back in. And I came back, and then we had a game on Sunday, and we won that game, which was fantastic. And uh, so, yeah, now I'm back here, and I'm back to do the show, and I'm excited to be back. Uh, I was trying my best to update everybody out there. Of course, as I said, I didn't want to be rude to my wife and her family with being on my phone constantly, because that would just be straight up rude. You know, like her family in Ecuador meets for the first time, like, oh, yeah, he's a nice guy, but he's always on his phone, like a teenage girl. I didn't want to do that. So I try to keep you guys updated as much as I possibly can with all the injury updates. But let's go to it now with the who's hurt, as we do all the time. Um, as I said, this show is going to be just me, oh, and um, I'm going to keep. I'm going to probably make this a quick one. Won't be too long. To give you a couple of tidbits of information. There's a lot of other things I wanted to talk about. I'll talk about it on the next show, and also on the next show, we will reveal the winner of the Saquon Barkley autograph football that's right guys there's a winner we picked it already you had your chances to get it it could be worth a lot of money someday and this guy who's going to get it could very well have something very valuable in his hands and his possession so uh that's gonna that's given away we have more giveaways coming up in the future we'll let you know uh what it's gonna be and yeah so just keep keep in touch with us but so with the who's hurt t- uh, portion of the program to go along with. So Chris Carson, there's not that many injuries that happened this week, to be honest with you, as far as fantasy football implications go. So Chris Carson, he had an hip, inj- he had a hip injury, and it was serious enough to keep him sidelined for the rest of the game after only playing 10 snaps. He's considered now day-to-day and is more than likely not to be involved for practice for most of the week. We will keep you updated as best as we can throughout all our social media platforms. Chris Ivory... Which, you know, I, I said, there's not that many fantasy football implication ones. But Chris Ivey's one because I know he's a handcuff to a lot of you guys who have LaShawn McCoy. And not for nothing, he's been outplaying LaShawn McCoy with what he's been doing. But he hurt his shoulder pretty bad as he was trying to dive into the end zone. Bad enough where he was carted off. And then after going straight to the hospital after getting hurt, the good news is that he has just a sprained shoulder. So it's kind of like the lesser of two evils kind of things. It could have been a lot worse. 
Uh, he's considered also day-to-day. And Raheem Mostart, I, I, I got to talk to this guy. Somebody tell me how to say this guy's name because I'm, I'm so worried I'm saying it wrong. Uh, got to learn all these names really correctly once we grow up into an extremely A-list professional level of sports broadcasting. But Raheem Mostart, just when you thought you may have possibly found a diamond in the rough, and what a rough to find one in with the 49ers offense, he will miss the rest of the season with a broken right arm so yeah that's uh it's kind of hard because you know like it's it's you know it's something you find on the waiver wire that may have really given you some fantasy implications anyway so going on so then what i want to do with this one because i like i said i didn't get to really watch most of the games now, i could look up the numbers and i could just tell you number wise but on sundays i really do i have the nfl's uh sunday ticket and i watch all the games as much as i can i skim through them so I try to give my eye test about things and, and, and hear what other reporters are saying about things. And I tried that. So I try to give you guys the best information I possibly can without having a team working around me, you know, like just from, from, from my opinions to give out. So, um, what we're going to do here is that the trade deadline is upon us. It's coming up as far as fantasy football wise is it's already done in the NFL, but for fantasy football wise, the trade deadline is upon us. I just let you guys know right now, real quick. I just got an update just now at 4:07 p.m. November 6th. Geronimo Allison is placed on injury reserve. Yep, Geronimo Allison placed on injury reserve. So a hot waiver wire pickup would be Marquez Valdez Scantling. Such so you guys go right right now, and then it's also going to kind of tie in a little bit now, I guess, to the playoff push. These are players to target. Playoff push and players a target. Players you want to either trade or make a trade for. To give you that, you know, like if you're right there, like, you know, so some leagues I'm right there, like, at, in, like in the borderline making the playoffs, and I need those last couple of wins. Or once you make the playoffs, you want to make a strong push or whatever it is. These are some players you want to consider targeting. Now let's get right into it. Tyler Boyd. Now I know he's been kind of up and down. He's been back and forth a little bit here and there. And he's owned in a lot of leagues. But now A.J. Green is set to miss at least two games. He doesn't need surgery, A.J. Green. He does not. But he's set to miss at least two games. And then Boyd is this player that you want to target. Or if anything, if you have him, you want to maybe kind of sell high to somebody who's desperate. That's like right there. And it, you know needs that, that extra push for these. Like he has to win this week. And he has to win next week. Like he's got a couple of guys on buys. He has like Adam Thielen on a buy this week. Or DeAndre Hopkins on a buy this week. And he needs to make that push. Tyler Boyd's a good guy to, that you want to either go and get or you want to sell high for. Even more so to the AJ Green owners. Now, we know that the running backs are kind of thin, but you could probably get like a pretty high flex type running back or even an RB2 for Boyd right now. As we know that Boyd has that potential to put a big numbers in a game. He could have really big games. And it's an offense that plays from behind a lot. So they're going to be throwing the ball as it is. So Boyd is somebody that you want to either sell high or try your best to go for, especially if you need that extra push right now. Talking about RBs being thin, here's a little fun fact. Did you know that TJ Yeldon right now is RB 10th overall? He's a, TJ Yeldon in the top 10? Even after a bye week? And even after a bad game with Carlos Hyde, he's RB number 10? It's crazy. After him, in RB11 is Philip Lindsay, and he's averaging 13.3 points per game, while Hyde averages only 16.6. Hyde, sorry. Yeldon, excuse me. Pardon me. Yeldon averages 16.6 points per game. Um, moving on, another guy that you want to 
go for, not I believe so, is Amari Cooper. And not so much maybe go for, but maybe somebody you want to sell. And you could sell him kind of high at the moment because of the fact that you could get a good deal from right now. Because he had a good show in, in his first game last night with the Cowboys. And it was encouraging to see that his first catch turned into a touchdown. It's funny, like the, Ra- the Raiders gave up Mari Cooper and Khalil Mack in their first games of their new teams. They scored a touchdown. But what's still encouraging to see is that even though Dak Prescott, Prescott forced that pass to him, that like turned into an interception, that really, that big forced pass. We've seen the memes. He has his eyes closed. It's like, ah, oh, Mari Cooper's got to be there somewhere. Screw it. But it shows that he wants to feed him the ball. It's kind of like Dak Prescott feels like rejuvenating the sense that he has like another Des Bryant-ish type player. So it's somebody that you maybe you want to feed him the ball. Uh, that so you, you know, and it could trend or it may not trend that way because you never really know with Cooper because he has the potential to be that RB two RB one player. But when he was at the Raiders, he also had the same potential. He also had he was the number one receiver there. So we don't know. We'll see. Maybe the Cowboys use him the right way. But right now, after seeing a pretty good outing from him from his first game, you could you could sell him pretty high. I believe so. Because of all the potential. And somebody, you know, some players out there love to trade, love to take risks, love to take gambles. You know, I, I um, when I traded Julian Edelman for Tariq Cohen and Jordy Nelson, once again, shout out to my boy Zimmel. I traded him because of the potential of Amari Cooper possibly being traded. And now Jordy would be the wide receiver one of the team, which he's not doing anything with that opportunity. But nonetheless, he is the wide receiver one of that team. And also... Tariq Cohen was the risk because as you saw last week, he has a very low floor. He could out of nowhere just put up games like that with 1.5 points. And then he has games we could put up like 22 in RB1 numbers. But that was, like I said, it was the risk in taking Tariq Cohen and giving up a solid, steady guy like Julian Edelman. But it was a fair trade nonetheless and it's worked out for me for the most part so far. So Amari Cooper is someone that you could shop around right now. Another guy, if this is a guy that you could probably pick up off wave wires, not for nothing, but maybe you want to make a trade for because it's not going to cost you anything. That's Eli McGuire. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be a stud. I'm not saying he's going to be a breakout, you know, 20-touch guy. He's never going to be a 20-touch guy. He finished with less than half the carries in Crowell, and he's not even owned in many leagues, like I said. So you could probably get him off the wave wire. But if you get in one of those trades, it's like one of those trades that no one's ever going to veto because you're just swapping bench guys. Or maybe get him like in a package deal with another stud, like just whatever it is. Maybe because you have to drop somebody in and you you know, like don't drop him, give me Maguire. And the reason I say target him is because A, his involvement in the passing game. So PPR-wise, he can make some noise and turn into a decent flex play. And B, Crowell does have an history of injuries. So the chances that Maguire could play a larger role are there. So this is somebody, like I said, you don't really have to pay anything for. But he's somebody that, you you know, he could possibly break out somehow. The potential there for him. Uh, another person, definitely, that you should look and tar- target right now is definitely, definitely target this guy. Mike Evans. Go and try to get Mike Evans. Go after this guy. Go after him now. After his bad game, it's just going to help you out even more. Ryan Fitzpatrick looks good overall in this offense. And, of course, he has the potential to just disintegrate on any given Sunday. But this guy loves Mike Evans. Check this out. 
But the first three games, while Fitzpatrick was the quarterback and Winston was completely out of the, out of the equation, Mike Evans averaged 25.3 points per game. Then, in the three games that Winston played it, Evans averaged only 12.3 points per game. A big difference. Now, two weeks ago, as we mentioned, that two weeks ago, as I mentioned, uh, that the game where they benched Winston, and this is funny because I got the update that it said that uh, Winston was benched and then Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to play. And then a couple plays later, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw a touchdown to Mike Evans. And of course, I sent that, that screenshot to my friend Jose. Shout out to my boy Jose, who didn't accept any trade offers from me as I tried to give him Mike Evans. But the point is, in, in just a little bit of only a quarter and a little more, of one full quarter, a little bit more, Evans, because of Fitzpatrick, turned up and had 31 points for that game. And I get it. Last week, he sucked. He was terrible. He had only one catch for 16 yards, and it's awful. And I know you're telling me, like, why Flex tell me to go with a guy who only had one catch for 16 yards? The thing is, he still had 10 targets. I just chalked this week up to just a bad week where they both weren't in sync with each other, whatever it is. And listen, Carolina defense is not that bad. They're a pretty solid defense. So I just chalk it up to one bad week, okay? They're not, you know, it's, they're, the point is, Ryan Fitzpatrick loves Mike Evans. And whenever Mike Evans plays with Ryan Fitzpatrick, so far this season, Evans has thrived. And people are scared about Mike Evans because of the bad outings he had with Winston. Because of the bad game he had last week with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And even more so with good reason because they took him last year with a mid-first round pick. And he was one of the biggest wastes of a picks last year. So they're, they're, they're scared about. They're not comfortable having Mike Evans on a team. And I get it. So trade for Mike Evans. Because you really honestly don't have to spend that much to get him. You really don't. And he's going to put up big numbers for you. So I like Mike Evans a lot going the rest of the season as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick is under center and keeps pouring out that Fitz magic. Evans is going to be the one that is going to get it, take advantage of that. And it's going to reap the reward to that. So go after him. Joe Flacco is another guy that you definitely 100% want to go for, especially if you have your QB problems. If you are streaming QBs, go after Joe Flacco. Go after him now, especially as on a bye week, because it will cost you even less to get him because you can't even play him this week. And you could use that to your advantage in your argument. Yo, I'll take Joe Flacco, but I'm not even going to be able to use him this week. So why am I going to give you this much of a good guy? Get Joe Flacco. He has a strong season so far. He's having. He's doing really well. He's averaging 19.9 points per game. He's in the top 20 for QBs. But look at his schedule coming up after the bye week. He's playing the Bengals. The Raiders, the Falcons, the Chiefs, the Bucks, and the Chargers. Quarterbacks going against teams like that make your mouth like water. The scariest thing there for him to face is the Chargers. Now, besides the Chargers, all those other teams I mentioned, they're in the top nine of the most generous defenses to quarterbacks. The Falcons and the Bucks are both in the bottom two. They both give up the most points to quarterbacks in the, in the NFL. You, average, you add up all the averages of all those other teams, of the Bengals, the Raiders, the Falcons, and the Chiefs, and the Bucks. You add up all their averages. QBs are averaging 22.9 points per game against them. Now, the Chargers are a better defense, but they're also not like the scariest defense in the world. It's not like he's going against the Rams or the Vikings. 
or, or you know, or, or, the, or the Jaguars. So for the next few weeks, you want to make your strong playoff push, Flauco, Fla, uh, Flacco, Falco. Did I just really name Keanu Reeves' character? Wow. Flacco is going to be a strong QB1 for the rest of the season along the way. Somebody definitely going to want to pick up fast if he's on your waiver wire. If he's not, try to trade for him. I like him very much going forward. Another one also that I really like going forward, if you want to get Aaron Jones, I think I feel like I mentioned him almost every podcast, and I get tired of mentioning him a lot as it is. But Aaron Jones is now. They cut the cord on him a little bit. They're letting him go. And I know fantasy-wise last week, he didn't do that well. Not fantasy-wise. He didn't put up the big numbers. And yes, he had a fumble. But that just makes his price even much more of a bargain. It's always going to be a pass-first offense over there. That's not going to change. And I wouldn't expect it to when you have one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league ever. And he's not going to be involved too much in the passing game. And even though he has a talent to be, he's still, he's not going to be that guy. But he's going to be the main guy in that Packers backfield. And he's honestly just like a touchdown away from having strong RB2 weekly numbers, considerations. Like if you look at this, if he had a touchdown last week and he did not fumble, he would have had 16.6 fantasy points. And that makes him running back. 13 last week, right there in between Nick Chubb and Jordan Howard. You could target him now, and especially now, especially because next week he's going against the Dolphins. That's a very good match, and you're going to see a lot of numbers from Aaron Jones, I believe, because he's not a fumble kind of guy. That's not his characteristic. It's not what he does. So I don't see that happening again. And, you know, it happens to the best of us. Everybody fumbles. You know, the the best of the best players always fumble here and there. It happens. So I don't. it's not going to continue with him, but he's going to continue to put up points and put up numbers because he did good football-wise, just not fantasy football-wise last week, and that's fine. That's why you could don't have to pay that much to get him. And it's also great if you're in a keeper league because maybe Aaron Jones has some keepers, you know, um, eligibility there because I know in my league, in the amateur league I'm in, shout out to my boy Timmy and everybody that's in that league, he's a keeper, and I have him. So. If he starts to blow up now and go all out, ball out right now, it's a good keeper for me to have because my keeper in that league this year was none other than the great Adam Thielen, and I'm very happy about that. So Aaron Jones, somebody you want to get now. Also, another guy you want to go and get for, Kerryon Johnson. This is a big of a gamble here to make a push, but he's immersed himself as the bell cows. We expect him to be in the Lions offense. You can now get him for even less because of the fact that Theoretic came back and took away those pass catches from him. Now I chalk up last week's game to just a terrible performance from the offensive line. I mean, Matthew Stafford did get sacked 10 times. Now the scary thing about him is that he has an uneasy schedule coming forward. So if you have like a decent running back, like let's say an Adrian Peterson, that you could use in a time being, Johnson is great to get because of his two favorable matchups he has in the first two rounds of the fantasy football playoffs, which in general in your league may be different, but for the most part it starts week 14, 15, and 16. Those quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals, and they go week 14, 15, 16 for the most part. But week 14 to 15, he's got just the best matches you could ask for. He's going against the Bills and the Cardinals. The only other team that he could be great to go against would be the Giants and his own team, the Lions. But we're going against the Bills and the Cardinals in those two matches. They could really put your team over the top when it comes to the playoffs. 
And because of his tough schedule coming up, you could use that argument to your advantage of why you shouldn't pay a high price for carry on Johnson. So he's somebody that you definitely target. I know that uh, Theoretic took away some of those passing uh, plays for him, but you never know. Theoretic could always get hurt again. And carry on Johnson is just the best player out of that backfield. So he'll emerge as it. Now this one you're going to be maybe a little shocked for. But I highly recommend trading for this guy. And right now, also in the BFB league, I have him in this league. And I'm looking to shop around a couple of my wide receivers that I have. I have a good amount of wide receivers in that league. And I'm looking to shop. I have Jarvis Landry, DeAndre Hopkins, Marvin Jones, who now his value is higher with Golden Tate gone. Larry Fitzgerald and Tyler Boyd. And I'm looking to shop some of them around and get a pretty good RB2. And this guy, I'm saying go get. And I'm, like I said, I want to shop around the other wide receivers because I have this guy, so I'm confident deploying him, is Larry Fitzgerald. Go get him. I know he's had a very, very, very bad year overall so far. But two weeks before his bye week, he went back to his old self as he had 14 and 26.2 points. And the reason I say to make this move for him now is because owners, for the most part, are still scared of Larry Fitz. So I'm willing to trade away my Tyler Boyd or my Jarvis Landry to get a pretty good running back. Because the best running back I have on that team is Christian McCaffrey. Or maybe even a better tight end because I have Kyle Rudolph and I said from the beginning I wasn't happy about him. And I'm not happy with what he's been doing. But I'm very happy with having Larry Fitzgerald on my team going forward. Because check out the rest of the schedule for Larry Fitzgerald. Goes against the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Packers, the Lions, the Falcons, and Rams. Now, with teams like the Chargers, the Chiefs, and Packers, not dominant offenses, the Chiefs being the worst out of the three, or the Chargers being the best out of the three. But the reason I bring those teams up is because they are such high-powered offenses that the Chargers will be playing from behind in those matchups, and it will look to be more pass-heavy. And it looks like his rapport with Josh Rosen is just growing as we've seen in the last two weeks of the bye week. And then you have just the bye week to get more of a poor going. Fitzgerald could put up monster numbers those weeks because they're great matchups. Same thing goes with the Falcons as their defense is just so, so bad for the fans. But it's so good for opposing fantasy offenses. The Lions and Rams are the only two games I'm really worried about. And they are both in playoff weeks. So... You know, you, they play the, plays the Lions, then the Falcons, then the Rams when it comes to the playoff weeks. So maybe those weeks I'll look to stream somebody else. But the Falcons are in the semifinals week, and that's a really good matchup to give uh, you a healthy dosage of points from Larry Fitzgerald that you will much need to go into the finals. But with every other match coming up, like I said, with the Chiefs, Chargers, Packers, and Raiders, they will give you those points you need to move forward to get, you know, to get your uh, your playoff push going. To get you into the, to the championship. To get you into the finals. I really strongly recommend that you go after life is gel right now. That's my opinion. These are my opinions. Listen, I could be wrong. I've been wrong a couple of times this year. As I said from before, when I said from the beginning, when we started the Better Fantasy Bureau, it is not about being professionals. It's about just being just everyday fantasy sports players. That's what we are. And we're just here relating to you, the everyday fantasy sports players. We had the same exact questions you do. We're just trying our best to find answers for them. And we're giving you our opinions. And Charlie and I work really hard on this. And, you know, hopefully you guys, uh, you know, I know some people have gotten some real great advice from us and have made good decisions because of us. And I'm, I'm sure we made some bad ones along the way. It's going to happen. Everybody does it. 
So now going on to try to kind of uh, wrap up the show that we have today, so I was going to make it that long, is waiver wire worthy. Who is waiver wire worthy for you? Of course, top of the list goes Mike Davis as the first one I mentioned. Who's hurt was was Chris Carson. Mike Davis is a guy that you want to get because even you know, even though Chris Carson started Week Nine, he is banged up. Mike Davis is definitely going to be that guy that's going to take on the big role. So that's definitely a running back you want to target. Ito Smith. Still only available in 31.8% of leagues. I don't get it. I don't get it. You got to pick him up. Pick him up everywhere. He's having a strong season. He's doing well. Pick him up. I'm not even, I don't even want to get into too much why. Just pick him up. Now, with Geronimo Allison on the injury reserve, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, I said it's somebody that you definitely have to pick up off the waiver wire. That is a high-flying offense. I know there's a lot of targets to go around with Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, Jimmy Graham, possibly Aaron Jones. But Marquise Valdez-Scantley still does well. You know, he surpassed 100 yards in week nine. So he's definitely a, he's a talented guy. He's somebody that you definitely want to target and have. Uh, I said, I mentioned before Eli McGuire, and I mentioned why. Also, now, this is going to be a funny name for, for, for you to hear, for me to recommend. Des Bryant. I wouldn't make him your first choice. But I would definitely make him a choice on the left. Pick up Des Bryant. If you haven't heard already, he was working out with the Saints this week. So if he gets plugged in to be the wide receiver too for that team, watch out now. It might take away a little bit from Michael Thomas. It might even help alleviate Michael Thomas a little bit. Michael Thomas, what a fantastic week he had last week. Big, big week he had. But Des Bryant is somebody that you can pick up if he decides to play for that team and get signed. And, you know, you got him off the way right. You got him for nothing. You got a solid flex wide receiver right there. DJ Moore is some another wide receiver that you want to look to pick up off the waiver wires. Now, he might not be available as he has been owned in 46.9% of leagues. But he's seeing more targets and doing more work with a more accurate Cam Newton now. And he's somebody I would see on the rise. Now, Paul Richardson is on the uh, is out for the year. Paul Richardson is out for the year. And who in the world is Maurice Harris? Who is this guy? He had 10 catches for 124 yards last week. I I, I don't know. But all I know is that he has a good matchup coming up in Week 10 against Tampa Bay. Now, he's somebody to work to grab the stash to put away on your bench to see how he develops, especially with Paul Richardson. Because, listen, you never know. This may be a guy that Alex Smith really might have a rapport with for some reason. Some people just send a click for no reason. And it may be Maurice Harris. Because even if you read on ESPN, when you read in the free agencies and you look at them, they literally said, who is this? That's the first thing it says about his description. So, yeah. Go check out Marvin Harris. Why not? And everybody's going to jump on the Cordero Patterson train. Everybody. Because in the absence of Sony Michelle, besides James White, Cordero Patterson got the running back work. Now, I get it because he's a guy that you could play in a wide receiver role to give you running back numbers. Now, in the PPR league, is that necessarily great? Especially when it comes to the English Patriots. We know that, like, like, James White is an RB1. He's putting up wide receiver one numbers because he plays like a wide receiver out the backfield. 
So I think everyone's going to jump on this Cordero Patterson train. I'd say slow your roll. I could be wrong, but I doubt it. Just, you know, don't get yourself over too excited as many people are about Cordero Patterson putting him in there. I, I don't know. Michael could return as soon as it's Sunday, though. Adam Scheffner did report that. So, I mean, if you want to grab him, sure. But I, I wouldn't make him my first pick. And some people are going to do that. Some people are going to jump right on it and make him the first pick. And I wouldn't do that. I would much rather have somebody like uh, Eli McGuire, Edo Smith. Those are like running backs I'd much rather have. Mike Davis than Cordero Patterson. Anyways, party people, that's going to be the show for today. As I said, that um, Charlie will be back this Friday as we record another episode for you Friday night. And I'll talk a little bit more. There's some other topics that I want to talk about today. I can't talk about with just myself. And I will talk about more on Friday with Charlie. And uh, we, Charlie and I have been talking about some things to shake up the Bureau a little bit. To bring in some uh, new aspects of it. Because, of course, as we told you in the future, we're going to talk a little bit about everything. We're going to talk about fantasy basketball. We're going to talk about fantasy baseball. Even hockey. We're going to talk a little bit about everything. But right now, because we're just starting off, we just wanted to concentrate on just the fantasy football part. Because not for nothing, it's also the one that Charlie and I know best about both of us. But we're going to keep shaking things up. We're going to keep branching out. We're going to keep doing things bigger. Also, listen, definitely on Twitter. Not for nothing, this is a personal thing with me. I guess. Uh, I never talked to Charlie about it, but it's a good idea nonetheless. Go on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, at PodcastBFB. Retweet us. Let's see if I can get Cohen O'Brien to come on the show. I'm a big Cohen O'Brien fan. Huge Cohen O'Brien fan. Don't think I'm because I'm a Cohen O'Brien fan that I'm crazy. If you're not a Cohen O'Brien fan, something's up with you. You know I don't mean that, but whatever. The point is, listen, man, go, go on our Twitter. Retweet us. I, I, I'm going to try. I'm really going to try. I'm really seriously going to try to get Conan O'Brien to be on the show. I don't know how, but I'm going to give it my best shot. And hopefully one day we can get it. And hopefully you, the fans of the Bureau, could get us to do it by just retweeting what I posted on our Twitter. Check it out. You'll see it. Go on our Twitter at Podcast BFB. Follow us also on Instagram at VFB Podcast. Congratulations to our Saquon Barkley football winner. We will announce the winner on Friday when I'm with Charlie. And, yeah, we're excited about it, about a lot of things that we want to do for the future. With the new t-shirt we got coming out, too, we'll be posting up next week. I am going to get these t-shirts done soon. I'm just finding the right material, the right kind of t-shirt that I want. I don't want, it's not going to be just your average kind of t-shirt. We're going to get t-shirts and hoodies and bags and hats. And we got a great new design that was drawn by none other than my cousin, Dennis Viola. You can follow him on Instagram. He is a fantastic artist. I'm not kidding. Seriously, go check him out. All right, on Instagram at Violent Inc., but Violent is spelled as Viola. My last name is Viola. It's spelled V I O L A. So Violent, but Viola, V I O L A, Inc. Violent Inc. Go check him out. And uh, he drew a real, real, real fantastic um, new t shirt for us. It's, it's really creative. I can't believe I never thought about it myself. So as I said, go follow me it's, and spell it out for you correctly V I O L A N T underscore ink v-i-o-l-a-a-n-t v-i-o-l-a-n-t underscore ink it's my cousin and uh i'm sure you guys are gonna love it i'm sure you guys are gonna want to cop your shirts and your hoodies from us in the better fantasy bureau once again party people you have any questions you can hit me up directly at flx hit list flex hit list i'm happy to be back here party people whether you are or not that i am 
I'll see you on this side of the other. Success, nothing less. Peace.